You're listening to the Annie and Raven Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about slowing down in marriage with Sarah Jane Case. Now, you might think the title of today's show is a bit of an oxymoron with two sevens leading the way, but I'm delighted to tell you that life has slowed us down, and we are eager to talk to you today about how to have a healthy marriage, how to find your rhythm, and of course, how to have fun while doing it. Before we get to that, I want to let you know how you can find your rhythm as you're listening to this podcast in case you're like, oh my gosh, these two sevens are still going way too fast for me. You might not be able to slow us down with our Lorelai Gilmore talking speed, at least in your brain, but you can press on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening from if you want to slow it down or if you want to speed us up. If you're like me and you're more of a Jasmine Star style and you like going even faster, then you can also speed up the podcast just as long as I know that you're taking in information so that your brain isn't overstimulated, that you're getting your rest. And of course, as we've been talking about all through this whole season, making sure you're balanced. That is my biggest hope for you. We just have a couple more episodes as we round off season two. And of course, I didn't want to leave the episode without a great interview with Sarah Jane Case, where my Instagram Enneagram life started. So it is such a joy and privilege to have her with us today. I just want to let you know that before we get to this, if you're interested in the Enneagram and Marriage training course so that you can become a helper and get to work with others, I go so deep with you. We have over 300 pages of material, over 30 worksheets, and you are in for a wonderful back to school if you need that in your life and want more Enneagram and Marriage in your life. So join me. You can visit enneagramandmarriage.com and we go very deep with everything you need to help couples on their way in so many different ways, not just Enneagram, but Enneagram trainings for each of the 12 modules and lots and lots of material on marriage work in general. And as I said, just lots of roadmaps. If you ever feel like I need a specific pattern, I like to use a system. I have several systems within the program for you to pick from, and we have had such a blast. I am so happy slash sad that this week coming up is our last week of class. I can't believe this first group is done, but we're so excited to showcase them. And I have some very special episodes for season three where I'm going to get to showcase some of them. So cannot wait for us to get to help you from that expert positioning together and hoping you'll join us for the next round. So go ahead and visit my website if you're interested. So as we get started with Sarah Jane, I just want to let you know that I hope you're continuing to stay safe with your families. Please continue to pray for our community here in Florida. You might have heard that we had 20% of the cases of COVID amongst 50 states, and my husband has some COVID patients, and some of our dearest friends in the world are hospitalized and on life support. And we are just praying, and we've had a lot of tears this week, and I'm just also praying that my kids will know how to process all of this. And I know everyone in the country who's trying to send kids back to school is also in the same boat. Do we send them back? What do we do? Are we masking? What's happening? And I want to let you know that we're going to all have to work together to take a lot more deep breaths, to release more of our lives to God than we ever have before, and to truly understand that what comes is best. 
rest. So I'm grateful to have had an experience with God this week where I could just see for miles. Uh, You'll hear us talk a little bit about it on the show, but it's helpful to really get to that space where you're not just trying to seek control, especially right now. And know that we're doing that with you, that we're all growing and we are hoping to stay focused and spending time lamenting what isn't right now and spending time in the past, hence all of our tears, spending time just grateful for what is and truly embracing the blessings of today. And there are many of those as well. And then spending time looking toward the future and making healthy plans. Yes, very open-handed to God, especially right now. But just making plans and saying, here are the things that I feel very gifted to do, even if I'm scared. Here are the things that I want to do. Here are the things I need to do. And to find that rhythm where you're also getting self-care, you are going to be just fine. So remember that and take a nice, big, deep breath with me right now just to make sure you let go of some stress as you listen to today's episode. Oh, and by the way, I never get tired of hearing a great love story. I love to ask the couples that come on about it, and I'm so excited you get to hear Sarah Jane's today. So this is one of my favorite love stories I've ever heard. So listen up. Hey, Sarah Jane, I'm so happy to have you. Hi, Krista. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Fun to talk relationships with you. That's how you and I started off together is through one of your summits talking about relationships, right? Yeah. And it was like, I've just loved watching your work get even more expansive and like you really like honed in. And I told you before we started recording, like I'm obsessed with these reports and um, that my husband and I went through ours and I'm thrilled to get to talk relationships with you. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad because I'm super happy that there's always more to learn with the Enneagram, right? Mm -hmm. I know. I like tell people it's like Photoshop. Like there's, you think you know it and then you just keep learning and keep learning and keep learning. And maybe that's why sevens can stay interested in it for so long. (laughs) It's like never ending depths. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was realizing our new course has over 300 pages of material. (laughs) Like, I felt like, as you know, sevens were generalists. So I'm like, and that's being general. So, ah, yes, the sky's the limit. And I didn't even say this about wanting to talk to you today, but I really want to let everyone know about your wonderful book to the honest Enneagram. I hope you guys are checking that out. Oh, Uh, yes. Yes. Did you have so much fun writing that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was the greatest, honestly, like the happiest time of my life. It was, yeah, absolutely incredible. Wow. I've never talked to you about going to that five space, but I imagine that's very Mm -hmm. healing for you. Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah, for sure. My therapist loves to tell me that too. (laughs) Remind me of like, this is a really good space for you to be in. Oh, I love that. And my audience knows I spend way too much time there. So my family's always pulling me back, like, come back to us. Is that how it was when you were writing the book a little bit? I actually went away. I went to Copenhagen and wrote it. So I had to, I kind of isolated myself, which was great. Oh, that is beautiful. And I mean, we're so blessed. I'm thinking about the glow here. And I saw this quote where you talked about shadow and light playing together and we can't have one without the other. And I was like, oh man, the book is rich. Thank you. Thank you. So, well, we're going to talk about you and Obi's relationship today, a little bit about blended families and lots and lots of details as we pull together two seven minds. Kinetic chemistry is the seven, seven pairing name. (laughs) 
lots of thinking for you guys on today's show. Lots of fun too. But Sarah Jane, I wanted to ask how you and Obi met, if you don't mind sharing with us. Oh, I love this story. So I actually had burnout. I, so I was a photographer mm-hmm. and I'd been a photographer for about seven years and burned out. Mm-hmm. Shocker. And was like, here's what I need to do. I need to get a job at a coffee shop. If I get a job at a coffee shop, then I'll go to work. I'll go home. I had like really like, it was like, yes, this is the perfect plan. Buy photography. Hello, coffee shop. So I got this job at the coffee shop and I was working there and I worked there for about nine months before I realized it was a terrible plan. But as I'm there, I meet OB. OB comes in as a customer and he um, would read this, but he was reading Stephen King's It at the time. Oh my gosh, fine. And, yeah. And I thought he was so handsome. And I was like, ooh, coffee shop crush. And mm-hmm. um, this one week I had just like a fun week where like a lot of people had written me like love notes, like Aww. customers. And so we had one, my, co- my coworkers like thought it was hilarious. They're like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And they like taped one to the back of the kitchen door. Mm-hmm. And then the same day I found a poem in the suggestion box that was like to Sarah Jane. And it was a poem from the book. It, it was oh. like, um, your hair is winter's fire, January embers, my heart burns there too, which is from that book. Oh. And I found it and I was like, what is happening? Oh. And I went to the back and my coworker and I were like laughing and Obi comes up and he goes, are you guys laughing about the note on the door or like something else? <laughs> he thought we were like making fun of him and cause he had put the poem in the box. And I, I was like, he's really good looking. Like he didn't put that in there. Right. Like he, and she was like, no guys like that. Don't do that. And I was like, yeah, it wasn't him. And then the next time he came in, he said, I put a poem in the suggestion box for you, but my, so my coworker had told him like, oh, she's getting like a million love notes this week. Oh. And he was like, but I thought I didn't know it was going to be like one of millions. And <laughs> I was like, I was like, you, you are my favorite. <laughs> so um, then, yeah, we went on a date and the rest is history. Oh my goodness. That is the most beautiful story. It just gives you chills to know that those kinds of things are real. Those coffee shop <laughs> romances. Like that's how every good novel starts. It's just so cute to hear that. I love that. And you know what? I used to work in a coffee shop too. And there's a certain thing about the coffee shop crush and they're usually just kind of going by and not really staying. So it's beautiful that you guys were able to make that real. Yeah. He said the first time he ever came into the coffee shop, he was there with a friend and he saw me and he said, that girl, she's my sunshine. Oh. And then at the same time, this um, construction worker would, came by and started singing to me, like, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. And so um, he had like, that was like his first experience with the scenario. And as I'm like telling you the story, I'm like, oh, I hear so much seven and four in this. I do. <laughs> uh-huh. It's that total beautiful adventure just starting out. We hear the two idealists. Uh, And that leads us right into that question I wanted to ask you about the harmony triads, because with two idealists in a marriage, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to let the audience know the sky's the limit. There are no limits because we're the heaven triad. We're looking up to be the best 
adults, we can be together. And there's always this belief in each other, right? That you think each other can do anything. Um, the last seven and four, some good friends of mine that I had on were the opposite though. So I wanted you to tell me if you think there's anything, and we know there's a spectrum and a continuum, but do you think there's anything unique about being a female seven versus and a male four versus the opposite? Mm, I think that like, I, I'm very impacted by my cycle. So like, mm. I definitely feel like I'm rhythmic in terms of mood and, mm. um, and so there are times like in the glow, we talk, it talks about like fours tend to shut down any time. And I think I tend to shut down any time. Mm -hmm. Whereas he is like, he knows what he's feeling immediately. And it takes me a lot of time. Like I can feel the feeling and he can see the feeling in my body, yeah. but I don't really, I have to think it through and process it and understand it. And, yeah. um, I'm really hesitant to communicate negative emotions. Cause you know, that takes a significant amount of effort and energy and risk. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I don't know if that would be different from, yeah. from then, but for me, and he, he feels like, how could you not know what you're feeling? My feelings are just, they're always at the surface. I always know what I'm feeling. I don't have to like, they're just here. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I don't, cannot comprehend <sighs> that experience. Yeah. So he probably, you guys probably do. I love that you brought in the cycle because I mm -hmm. always say the same when you're a seven or a five who is maybe struggling with emotions otherwise, or maybe even a six or a three. Gosh, there's a lot of us who struggle with emotions that can be female too. Um, we're really seeing how that gives you an advantage. And obviously guys have other advantages, but that gives you an advantage to having this availability of emotions at least one to two good weeks a month, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say it was about seven years ago. I had this breakthrough when it came to like PMS, mm -hmm. which was I used to think like I was just being so irrational. And I would talk to myself and be like, you are out of control. Mm -hmm. These feelings are over the top, like get it together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, eventually I realized, and I was like, oh wait, these are just the emotions that I'm not dealing with mm -hmm. all the rest of the month. Yeah. So like it is intense, but I think it's beyond the chemical intensity for me. It's like, mm -hmm. Hey, sh you need to listen to me. Like mm -hmm. I have feelings in here and like, you're ignoring them and yeah. you're going to have to have to face it. Yes. And so then I like, so now it's like, so validating to be like, oh yeah, it's, mm -hmm. they're intense, but they're real and that's okay. Yes. And I know that your husband probably enjoys it to a point where he's like, okay, especially if you share, this is that rhythm, like here's where I'm at. But I also love what you said about like, some people would just say that's just PMS or that's just your cycle. And you're like, no, this is for me, this is real. So this is what I haven't been saying for the rest of the month. So please pay attention. And do you feel like he can ride with that since he's already pretty emotional? Yeah. I mean, I think it's always easy for him to deal with any negative emotion I have, unless it's directed at him. Yeah. Right. Like as long as he doesn't feel blamed, then like we're golden and he's like a gem and a miracle worker in terms of like letting me feel my feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, like, I don't know that I knew someone could see my feelings as much as I've let him see them, like, wow. like on the floor crying, like yes. with me, I never knew. I just never knew. I broke a candelabra one time, like, 
I like threw it on the ground and this is like, I'm like smiling as I say it to you because his response was like, I'm really glad you did that. (laughs) Like you, (laughs) (laughs) but like his, I I was going through some pretty insta, like I had just found out in trigger warning, like I just found out my dad had committed suicide. So like, it was like a very big moment, a very big emotional experience. Yeah. And he was just like, that feels like the right way to respond. <laughs> like, yeah. It's okay. And I was like, oh, like that healed so yeah. much in me. Cause like, oh, I don't talk to myself like that, you know, or yeah. I've had to unlearn yeah. not talking, you know? Yeah. So he was like, this is so normal. Nothing is going to be typical right now. The sky's mm-hmm. the limit. Don't shame yourself. Yeah. You've just unleashed ever since your father died. I've noticed that um, your, your poetry has been outstanding. You've just been sharing the depths that maybe, mm-hmm. you know, grief can even make us process deeper. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think like just going through that. So my first big loss was my grandfather and mm-hmm. I wrote my book the week after the week of his funeral, I was in Copenhagen writing the book and did, and honestly, my grandfather was more of a father to me than my dad had been. Okay. Um, and I just didn't tap in. I didn't yeah. go there. And I had to keep, I just was like, got to keep moving, got to keep going. Yep. And with my dad, it was like, no, there wasn't a choice. Like I didn't get to choose how I responded to this one. And yeah. it was like, actually, we're going to just deal with both at one time. And you're just going to go there. And I shelled up, but I, mm-hmm. and I broke open and. I think I can't even say I would, I don't really believe like I'm a completely different person. I don't think that's a thing, but I have changed so much in in my availability to Mm. the human experience is just significantly different. Mm, That's a really good way of saying it. It's been such a beautifully healing process Mm -hmm. as hard as it's, as it's been, it's, it's going through that refiner's fire and coming out different. I've been thinking a lot about the analogy of maple lately. This is probably random for a lot of people, but I know you can hang with me. I'm here. (laughs) Thank you. So I was learning that um, I've thought of myself as more of maple, like a lot of people are chocolate or vanilla and I'm just quirky and I'm left-handed and there's just so many things, right? I say that a lot on this show. So I was once told that um, I was that maple kind of person and I have really gotten a lot out of the processing of just learning about that particular syrup and even just learning like through metaphor that when it's being refined, it's going through that hot process. But when it comes out, it's this beautiful golden piece that is delicious mm-hmm. and fragrant. And I think that it's, yeah, we're, we're used to hearing the refiner's fire analogy, but it's fun to hear your poetry where you come out with all these different prisms and angles to think about life. And that maple analogy has been very meaningful to me because I want to find beauty through pain. Is that how you are too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's how I've learned to be for, well, and I think, well, no, I don't think I've learned to be that. I think seeing beauty and pain is actually the first process. I think that's where I've always been is like, everything has meaning, everything has purpose. Mm -hmm. I can see the reason that I went through this hard thing. Um, And I think actually in grief, I limited my access to that. And I was like, I'm going full darkness and like fully plummeted into like the pits to the point where like, and I think that's what I needed to do is to just kind of 
wallow a little mm-hmm. and I kind of forced myself to. And then as I, there came a time where I was like, actually some of these like healthier seven Mm-hmm. Um, coping mechanisms, like being able to see the light in the darkness yeah. and being able to be like grateful for pain, even if it's hard, like mm-hmm. those aren't wrong either, because I had kind of like abandoned those. And there just came a time where it's like, you know, it's time for me to pick these back up again and like see, yeah. but I think I needed to go to the place where maybe this pain doesn't have to have a purpose. Yeah. Maybe it just hurts and it's nonsensical and painful. And then eventually I was like, that's no longer serving me. And like, it's time, but it felt like, like birthing something. (laughs) Like I've never birthed anything, but it kind of felt like that process of like, I mean, I think it's, you're saying it and they're finding the fire, right? Like you're in the fire while you're in the fire. You're not thinking this is for my best. (laughs) No, you're not. But when you get out of it, you're like, oh, it's time for me to look back and see how Mm. much has been made. Oh my gosh. And that even with OB being in your life too, you have more permission to look back. And that takes some of us who aren't with a four a little longer. And I think that's beautiful. And I know that's been your process anyway. A lot of people don't know that. Like you said, I loved how you said, I'm coming back to some of the good elements of the seven. I'm also seeing that I've always found that rainbow at the end, but it's just, it's deeper. It's a deeper prism with more colors and there's even black and Mm. there's just a different sense for it. So I love that you can remind us it's, you know, even as an idealist, you're learning to have the pragmatism, the relationalism, Mm. as you share this pain with others and even us, thank you. Um, But it's, yeah, it's a beautiful analogy. And another one that I thought was cool from that same maple example was that it said maple trees need 40 to 50 years to really even to be able to produce this sap. And I also didn't know that this is so cool. This analogy kept serving. It said the sap comes out of a wound in the tree. Mm. And so the sweetness flows out. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so I was like, gosh, that is a great analogy for what happens after we walk through the fires and we choose to make some good of it. And I'm glad you've made so much good out of your pain with your poems and uh, sharing Enneagram through the world. I just love that about you, Sarah Jane. Oh, thank you. I want to like, I know we have, you have other things we want to talk about, but I do want to say too, I think for a long time, I skipped the fire. Like with my grandfather, I skipped the fire and went right to the rationalization of why the pain happened and didn't let myself feel the pain. And, and that I think it, it limited my access to the, like the depth and the beauty and the healing that was possible. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad. And I'm glad you talk often about your therapist too, because that gave you that place to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. I had that too, when my mom had a stroke and, you know, I've lost my father as well. And now I've lost them both. And um, Mm -hmm. honestly, I just happened to be, my niece is a two and she was having a dark moment. So I was telling her, I used to keep an affirmation journal. And when I was carrying a lot of shame, when I was 24 years old and my mom was having a stroke and I was losing her, I had to create and find how I could find my own identity. So anyway, I pulled out my journal I hadn't needed for a long time to show her. And in it was a letter from my first therapist. And she, we didn't know any Enneagram at the time, her and I, but it was the same process you're talking about. And she was saying, I'm so glad you finally let us talk about the deep places. Mm. Of course, as you know, us idealist sevens, when we're not doing that work, we're totally rationalizing all of the pain away, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and can change from topic to topic to topic in therapy so fast that my therapist is like, Hey, our time is up. <laughs> like yeah. I've, I've used it. <laughs> See you next week. That's hilarious because I tell all of my, uh, I have 12 students right now and I say, when you have a seven, they're going to talk your head off the whole session. So it's so funny. <laughs> Even though we know, we know, right? Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Well, I love it. And thanks for being honest. And then as far as the four, tell mm-hmm. me about you guys's uh, instincts, because I think that has something to, I want to get a, a sense for, I think, are you a social seven? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And he's a one-to-one four. So we have like, it's been like really like, I mean, I think really refining our relationship has like really pushed each of us. And one of the things I wrote a note on my little paper, I was like, I love talking about the one-to-one four in the sense of, um, he's very sensitive to hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And as a social seven, I have this obsession with being good mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. being, not being greedy and like, yeah. um, not taking too much. And if I'm limiting that in myself too much, I can go really far into the one space mm-hmm. of being like judgmental or critical. And, um, but he's like hypersensitive to like his, if he feels like you're being hypocritical, he's going to like show you how it feels kind of deal. Like, yeah. um, So for example, we have an espresso machine and I said, Hey, I feel like you never, which is not the right word, but but this is what I said. We're being honest. Yeah. I said, I feel like you never empty the coffee filter. Mm -hmm. And so then it was like, anytime I left a puck in there, like left coffee in there, it was like a big deal because he is like holding me to the standard that I'm holding him to because he's like matching me, right? Like, Oh, we're, we're, like, I'm not going to be hypocritical. So like, mm-hmm. if you're going to be picky, then I'm going to be picky too. Mm-hmm. And the big moment for both of us is one day I was like, if that's happening, I'm married to both of us. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that I'm not messed up and like, I don't have my stuff. And I'm not saying that like, like you have your stuff. I have my stuff. You chose to live with my stuff and mm-hmm. I chose to live with your stuff. Yeah. But if you also are bringing up my stuff, <laughs> I have to live with both my stuff and your stuff. <laughs> like, I was like, I can't do both. I can do, I'm good with yours, but both of ours is just a lot. Um, it is, it is because we have this really complex one line here when we have the four mm-hmm. who has the one in health and then the seven, the one in stress. So there's a lot of one and we have that too, with my husband being a one. So sometimes you're like, I don't know if this is your inner critic or mine, but like, no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like in general, what I love about our relationship and I think what is irreplaceable in my opinion in it with him is like this amazing ability to be together and have these incredible, enriching, beautiful experiences, and then to go off and be a part and have our own world and our own experiences and like need just as much alone time as we need together time. And anytime this like scorekeeping, um, like judgmental thing or like tension in that way arises, it's like always have you had enough time alone? And we both need it to equal measure. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, wow, I totally understand your need for that. And I like, it's not, it doesn't feel like he's taking from me when he takes time for himself and vice versa, mm-hmm. which I don't know how people do it otherwise. Like, it's just, a, I mean, I know people do, but that is mm-hmm. the biggest 
gift of our relationship to me. I love that you both do that. That is spoken like such a mature seven because for you to know that and for, um, you guys have done some work, some significant work that younger listeners need to know if they're sevens and they're super aggressive. And that's where, as you know, we were going in this conversation anyway, was to talk a little bit. We went from one part of the harmony triads to now the harmonic groups and you are a little more reactive as a seven, but here you're reminded of the fact that you go to five in health. So you're able to do the same move that he needs to go with his probably four wing five, uh, just to get that space. And when you guys take that space in five, you're cool. You don't need to be hashing it all out. You needed rest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think my initial impulse is always like, I want to talk everything. I want to talk until I know what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. if I can, and sometimes he has space for that and sometimes he doesn't. And I've had to ask like, how spacious do you feel? Because sometimes the process of me talking out to get to my feelings can be really triggering for him because he's hypersensitive to being criticized or blamed or um, things being his fault. And some that's sometimes my first access to a negative emotion is like, what if, how can I eliminate this? I'm going to look at anyone who could possibly be causing this negative emotion and like make them take it away from me. So like, if you stop doing your thing, that's annoying me, then I won't feel negative emotion. And instead of just being able to be like, Hey, this is a hard thing to feel at the moment and I can just feel it. Um, mm-hmm. And so if he's like, oh, I feel like I have room, then we can like have that conversation. He knows like he, he has his practices of like grounding and centering and like mm-hmm. breathing. Mm-hmm. And then if he doesn't, then like maybe it's just not the time right now. Yeah. yeah maybe you do withdrawal at that moment because mm-hmm. I like how you're honoring him by saying, do you have the capacity? You're not just like, oh, you're a four. You totally have the capacity. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I am close with my brother and he's that subtype and he uh, is a chess player as well. And he needs to have a lot of personal time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it isn't, even though we have this image of a seven and a four, oh my gosh, it's like, you would always be able to process anytime. It's, you still have to respect your partner, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I do think it's helpful to know that like, at the end of the day, he like he like when you say he needs a lot of time, like my husband, mm-hmm to relax it's like a whole day like mm-hmm. and he oh. might not do anything but it's like he needs to know there's nothing Absolutely. on his plate that day and like if there's like an hour allocated to something it's like the day's a wash yes. and yes. I have to respect that like that's just how he is and like that's what rest is for him mm-hmm. and if I want him to feel rested then like I can let him have that mm-hmm. I have I'm like mm-hmm. you know my capacity is like infinite. It feels like, you know, it's not, but it feels infinite. And so I'm like, a rest is like a two hour window. I can like knock out 30 different kinds of rest, (laughs) two hours. Um, and so if I'm not careful, if I'm looking through the lens of like, you should be like me, Mm -hmm. I can be critical of his form of self-care. But if I'm looking at the lens of like, you don't choose what feels like rest to you. And like, we don't control rest and we don't control self-care in that way. So you have to have that or like, you know, we all need that. Mm, That's really important. And I think that fours see the world in textures and with depth 
And so they stay longer, they sit longer, they take longer on everything. Mm -hmm. And having a teenager who's a four in college, I have learned, thank God we started her younger because she's going to be one of those people that doesn't take five classes at once. And so it was important for me to learn with her, with what you're telling us about Obi, with Caroline, who was on before with the four seven, with my brother, you have to give your fours time. And I love how you said you cannot force it or try to put them into your framework for how you think they should be. That's never going to work because they're different from you. But it's neat for us to all learn that you're saying, hey, but this is something cool. Even though seven can be the aggressive assertive stance, we have access to that five space. So listen up sevens or any of the threes or eights listening, find a place where you can truly retreat and you'll find your creativity renews and you get some really cool things probably out of this time that you never thought you would get, right? For sure. And I think like any kind of creativity for me, it has to come out of boredom. And if I don't let myself get bored, I don't let myself get creative. And I, I'm kind of just constantly consuming other people's ideas or other thoughts or, you know, producing, 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 or consuming, consuming, consuming. There's not enough time for me to really feel my feelings or think my thoughts and like be present in them so that I'm impacted enough to create something actually meaningful and deep. And I have to get really, really bored. Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to have to chew on that. I love that. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, I also wanted to ask you guys with being a blended family, do you guys have any specific rituals that help you? I have talked about this on this podcast just once, and this is so many people. It needs to be talked about a lot more talking about your glow. Are there ways that you guys as idealists have found that work for you, or even just as parents that you recommend to others? Yeah. You know, I think I, I think a big thing for us is like action repressed versus action forward. So he is like action repressed and I'm like quick to take action. And as the, you know, as the third parent, as the stepmom, like I came into this situation and I was like, here are all the things that could be that you're like, could be being done because, um, our kiddos bio mom is a five. So she's also action repressed. Mm -hmm. And I came in this like assertive, like quick to take action. I know. I'm like, I know everything about parenting and I've been doing this five minutes (laughs) kind of vibe, you know, and like kind of really quickly was like, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. We need to get them into daycare. We need to do, you know, all of these things. And then about like three years in, I was like, whoa, (laughs) I'm doing too much. I have like over done and I have to kind of like step back and, um, in like the step parenting community, we call it disengage and like kind of disengage of like really owning, like, this isn't my kid. And here's the thing, like, yeah, I've been in our kiddo's life since he was three. He is like the most important human in the world to me. I, in every possible capacity, he is my kid. But at the end of the day, it is not always the healthiest thing for me to take that stance. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I just have to let the four and the five take their time. And like, she's going to have to do a significant amount of research before making decisions in a way that makes me really uncomfortable. And I'm going to have to just let that be the case because she's his mom. And like, that's the process. And honestly, the big a big wake up call for me is I had like an empathy dream Mm -hmm. where like in this dream, 
another woman like came into our life and told me everything about Ford was like going to all of the parent teacher meetings had like done all of this stuff. And I hated her. <laughs> I was like, wow. what are you doing? Like, get out of here. Like get out of my life. But I like texted his mom the next morning. I was like, this is probably how you felt with me. Like I just like bus bulldozed into your life and was like, here's all of this stuff to, you know, here's like, do this, do this, do this. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And like, like, who was I, you know, for me, it was like, there are things that need to be done. I can do them. But for them, for her, Obi was like, fine with that, you know, but for her, it's like, who is this person? You've been here five minutes and you're like changing our custody schedule. Like not cool, but like, it felt like chaos to me. And I was like, let's solve these problems. So (laughs) I think knowing that the Enneagram too has been so helpful of just, mm-hmm. especially a five, seven combo, like the speed is just mm-hmm. a completely different, mm. it's just a completely different speed. Like I move at a cheetah pace and like, that is just not comfortable for most fives, right? That's exhausting. And it's terrifying yeah. because there's just, you don't have all the, you can't have all the information if you're moving that fast. Yes. So yeah, that was a lot. But. No, that was perfect. And that when we did the five, seven glow pairing, I believe it's a, I, I'm so not visual. So forgive me guys. You're like, these are your glow guys. But like I, Alina did our visuals uh, for a reason, but I believe it was the, uh, there, she played with a bunch of different types of knots and, um, you can imagine that at times it's beautiful because a seven is like, oh my gosh, you tether me, you make me secure as a five because I'm so safe with you and I can get grounded and I can learn and be different and rest. But there's other times when that feels like it's literally dragging you down and holding you back and tugging at you. So thank you for sharing with our audience. Like it's both and, and it's going to be hard. And I love how your empathy dream gave you that sense of like other people's perspective, because when we are that aggressive and assertive stance, we really do not end up landing in a healthy place unless we're balancing it out with a bit of withdrawing and love for others. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, to be like fully transparent, I find it really difficult to put myself in the shoes of someone else. Like if I don't slow down, I think it's partially, it's not a lack of desire. I think it's a lack of, it's just a necessity of speed. Like if I'm going to move as fast as I want to move and doing the things that I want to do, I don't have time to feel your feelings or my own. So, but with, if I like really pause and like, can like put myself in the shoes of someone else, it's like, I make different choices, right? You know, it's like, oh, I can all of a sudden, I understand where you're coming from. I can empathize with you. It doesn't seem nonsensical to me anymore. Mm -hmm. It actually makes complete sense, understanding your history and where you, your wounds. Yes, that's beautiful. I mean, that's huge. I know that that goes without saying that that's all of our work. But when we think of the complexities of blended families, it's huge to be there. We love planning as sevens because we're like, I can't really rely on anyone else. So I need to do it. So let's get moving. And of course we miss the the best plan. That's so much bigger when we do that. So I'm hearing that you're really allowing yourself to release your plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, it has been hard. Like, I'm not going to say like, that's an easy thing to do. It's super, you like, it takes a lot of humility and like practice and humility and willingness to be 
Like just not have things the way you want them to be. And that's really hard. I mean, I like, I, I think too, as a, there's a unique experience as a seven in the situation, because if I'm alone, Mm -hmm. I will live a perfect life. Everything in my life will be suited to exactly what I need and want at any given moment. It's not, doesn't mean that I will like nothing will ever happen bad to me, but like I, I will be satisfied. Mm -hmm. Then you add a partner right? And you make compromises and you learn to compromise in that way. And then you add children, you learn to compromise in that way. Mm -hmm. And all of these are like little tiny tethers that make you feel less free, but ultimately, you know, it's worth it because you love these humans and you're willing to do that. Mm -hmm. But as a, as a blended family, you have this person who's on the outside of your, who you've decided to commit to and who you've decided that you are like, I'm right or dying with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not committed to this person. This person doesn't make me feel good. I don't, this isn't not a positive. They're not giving me positive feelings and like positive experiences, but they're still controlling my life. Yeah. I don't. And that is like, I mean, it is, yeah, it's like going to seven master school class where you're like, here is every possible thing (laughs) that could trigger you (laughs) have fun. Good luck. You know, (laughs) it is. And why does like that happen to all of us in some way, shape or form as sevens? And I'm sure all of the other types, they're like, I get triggered like that too, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's awful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. And I think it also is like the only way I really, I mean, I don't want to say like, I, I kind of think it is like, it's the, it's the way to release these mechanisms that we've put on where we're like, I have to feel satisfied all the time. I have to feel good all the time. Yeah. It's like, I'm the more you kind of release that control, which we talk about eights and threes and ones being controlling, but like, we're all controlling. And, and for me, controlling. Yes. we're all controlling. And like, for me, the control comes in, like, I need to feel good and I need the things around me to support that cause, <laughs> you know? And so I can't control like, and that's like, yeah, this is like a unique situation where it's like, okay, I have to release and allow. And therefore, like, I can't wear this mask. I can't kind of like protect myself with this unique brand of shield. So I think that everybody probably has that who's a blended parent, kind of like we say, oh yeah, there's the Peter Pan syndrome. All kids feel very seven-like, so we can't easily type them. But I think all blended parents can probably relate to that piece of being sevens because that's really an important insight for them. I think they need to hear they're not alone there. Uh, Those who struggle with envy say blended parents who are fours or threes, like you said, everyone wants control in a different way. And when you feel Mm -hmm. like you're tethered down and you're not free, that's really the goal, right? We want as Enneagram types to be free, but the irony here is that the freedom comes when we release the control. So Mm -hmm. I'm happy for you as well as I grieve for you because I wouldn't choose that for you or me or any of us, you know, with our mm-hmm. different tetherings. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I love that you saying like, I grieve that for you. And I think that's been a huge lesson post my dad has been allowing there to be little griefs of mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a thing that deserves its own mm-hmm. mourning. And like, a lo- there's a loss in that and a loss of 
the possibility of a life untethered like that. I've said goodbye to that. And like, I will, I grieve the version of myself that Mm. was going to be untethered for the rest of her life. And like, Mm. um, and that's okay. I can grieve her and still love this. Yes. That's something I do with just about every couple is you have to grieve what is not going to be part of your glow pairing. And it's just different for all of us. And as much as we're both idealists, that's hard for an idealist to come down from that. Like there isn't going to be a way out. And my husband will laugh sarcastically when I hit my wailing moments with that. And of course, when I do that in front of him, we're kind of joking. And then when I do it behind closed doors, I'm usually crying, but like, I'm like, no, I'm stuck. And he's like, yep, you're stuck with me, babe. And all that comes with me. And he loves that Vance Joy song, Your Mess is Mine. And I'm like, that song sucks because no, like we don't have to do that. He's like, yeah, we do. And it's really, we're in it together. I'm like, no. (laughs) So I feel that with you. It's awful. I think that I I love hearing the phrase, like, we don't have to do that because my, both four and seven, like both being idealistic, like we have this belief that we can get through, like we can overcome any pattern and we're like okay we're gonna live like a perfect flawless life like our house is flaw we're gonna have like a flawless house that like makes us perfectly happy and like every moment of every day should be like perfect and euphoric and like beautiful and meaningful and so like a lot of our work has just been accepting like Mm. oh relationships are just hard and like sometimes (laughs) they that's like sad and (laughs) you're going to disappoint me and I'm going to disappoint you and you're going to do things that annoy me. And like, that doesn't mean we're broken. Like it just means we're normal. And like, I think for a long time I thought, Oh, the relate the right relationship will be easy. Like, Oh, it'll just be fun and like easy and light. And I had to like kind of put away that concept to, in order to be in a real relationship because the, that only works for people you never actually date where <laughs> you're like, Oh, that was really fun and light and, and great. And I never had to deal with any conflict. We never had to compromise <laughs> because yeah. we were never in a real relationship. Exactly. And now that you are, you're like, the depths are so hard and painful to sit with, but you're like, as a seven, you needed to slow down anyway. And what's honestly, I think, you, you know, we're in the fear triad and the anxiety triad, something that came to me yesterday night, it was a prayer vigil for two people at my son's theater teachers and my daughter's theater teachers. Two of them have such bad COVID that they're on life support right now. And we were just grieving. And I, I wanted to be the idealist and I kept finding all the different visions for like how it could be okay. And kids were doing the same thing. And my husband was treating COVID patients. And we were just like, this is so hard. You cannot idealize this. But what came was the holy planning was able to come through. And for just that minute, I could see for miles. Mm -hmm. I could see everything was going to be okay. And the long view was in front of me. And it was just beautiful. I was like, these people have touched so many lives. Their joy is now shared beyond measure with others. And hopefully they'll make it. That's my prayer. But honestly, this is going to be okay in the end. And it wasn't the ideal of it's going to be just as I think it's going to be that just as they thought they would be out in two weeks and everything would be fine instead of trying to find another ventilator that's better. It's like, no, the new dream has to be that we release our plans and that we see that the ultimate plan is better. Mm -hmm. 
So there's an ideal to that, but it's real. Mm -hmm. And I think it is like what you're saying. I hear like the difference in what, you know, having a specific outcome versus whatever outcome will be okay. Like I need this specific thing to be okay, or it's going to be okay. Like everything is meaningful and everything is purpose. And I am okay in this moment is completely different. Right. Than like, okay, we need this specific result or I need it to look this specific way, which is, I think those are the two things. Like there's one that I can get caught up in that doesn't serve. And then there's one that is actually incredibly healing both to myself and others. If I let that lead. Yes, it is. It's so hopeful. And it's strangely, like I said, it is idealistic, but it's, it's the truth. And the other (laughs) part is not the truth that says, if I plan it, it's going to be perfect. But actually when you release it to God, you're like, it's perfect. You know what? I'm not even going to worry. Now I'm going to care. I'm going to hope I'm going to pray, but I'm not going to worry because that is me holding on to my plans. And I know it's the same with blended families. It's the same with what we have as extended family, where my husband's family was like, I didn't know I married into a step family where he was the father of all the extended family. And he's like, you're right. Like that's the perfect analogy. He's a one, he's logical. He's like, yes, think about it that way. But it's, it's us going, like you said, like, you know what, like seeing the empathy for others, seeing the beauty after the pain. And then for me, sometimes it's just the white knuckling it, screaming out, you throwing down the candelabra and like having a moment, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just letting it impact you. Yeah. So we're sharing with everyone what it really looks like to be an idealist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not always pretty. But I do want to ask you just as we're ending talking about the glow, was there anything that you felt like would just be helpful for other sevens and fours listening to hear about something that you kind of learned down the line about this aside from the withdrawing part of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I think the first is, or the thing that comes to mind first is thinking about honoring your differences versus resenting your differences. So like fours do take a very long time. Like they need time to like, they really want to absorb things and really want to like life impacting them, life touching them is so meaningful. And then we're like, we want to get to the end of the tunnel. We're ready to, you know, it's like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? Mm -hmm. And I think about like my husband and I, when we would go for walks in the beginning of our relationship, I, if I'm, you're taking me on a hike, like I don't, first of all, I don't typically hike with other people because I like to go at my pace. Yes. And there was this like mountain that I used to go to alone. And I liked, I, the way I did it is I would run to the top, Mm -hmm. look at it. And then I would walk down to the bottom and go to my car. Like the way home was like just walking to my car. And that's how I did the trail. (laughs) Like that was perfectly fine for me. For him, He took, I mean, what took me like 30 minutes took him three hours. You know, it was like, we're going to look at this tree and talk about it. And we're going to like, look at this flower and talk about it. And I was like, this is going to drive me insane. Like, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, this is taking so long. This is like a 15 minute hike. And, but that's how we live life, right? Like, those are kind of the two parallels of like, he is 
experiencing everything, watching it, noticing it, letting it impact him. He wants to reflect on everything. And I'm like, I don't even remember what color the walls are because like, I've got to get through, like I'm going, going, going. And so when we resent that, right, like there's an element of like, I'm going to lose my mind. Like I could kill you or, or alternate view (laughs) (laughs) or if I let him impact me, Mm-hmm. I slow down. Mm-hmm. I start to notice the life. I start to see more joy. I become a healthier seven because I move from everything good is in the future to what is the good that's here and now. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. becomes a healthier four if he lets me not only like help him to take action and, and speak more kindly to himself and mm-hmm. be, become more proactive, but also to look not only like to look more so for the positive. So then he, we're both in the present moment. We're both looking for the positive in that moment. And that is ultimately like one of the healthiest places for both of us to be. Um, we just have different routes and speeds to get there. And that just is such a beautiful pairing in that way, because you're truly giving each other exactly what the other one needs. And I know they're all beautiful in their own ways, but that is truly why I think that it's beautiful because you need to know your emotions are not going to kill you. And he's right there to say, nope, they're not going to. And then you're right there to say, you can have dreams for yourself as a four. Like you can, you can really understand that you're amazing and you can encourage him to do things that even though he's an idealist as a four, sometimes the ideals are for others or for relationships, but to be able to say to him, you can have big dreams that are yours. I bet that's huge for him too. And like you can mess up and it's like not a big deal. Like I think sevens, we like make mistakes all day, every day. And like, I just don't care. I don't, Mm -hmm. I just think it's very normal to make mistakes. I think it's very normal to like be imperfect. It doesn't, I don't feel shame for being a human in the same way. Whereas he like everything feels like he's holding himself to like a changing standard every day. He Mm -hmm. always feels like something in him is missing and broken. And like when he messes up, he assumes he's the only one to have ever messed up in that way. And so to be able to speak into him, like, or for him to even see me make mistakes and be like, oh, well, and like move on. He's like, we can just do that. Like we're allowed to just do that. You know, and I can say to him, like, you're, you're human, just like I'm human. And like, I'm not any less imperfect than you are. Like, we're just all trying and failing every day. And mm-hmm. I think that's like one way that I love him. And I think like, and vice versa, that ability to just sit with my feelings is huge, like uh, incredible gift. Yeah. And you're just reminding us, you can do that in the same moment together in your marriage that you can truly be having to do that work together. But it's really rewarding when you do it, when you can look back and say, I did that. Like I sat with my feelings and I walked him through instead of just rushing him through. uh, Oh yeah. You had this shameful moment. No big deal. You know, Mm -hmm. no big deal. Don't even think about that because you don't want to sit with what that feels like. But for him to invite you in, for then you to be healing enough to stay, to listen, to pause, and then to say, and it's okay. That is key. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I hope everyone listening will start doing that. I know you and I are still on the journey 100%, but I'm so glad you're on the journey with me. It's so fun to talk to you today. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. This was incredible.
Well, let everyone know where they can find you. I know they know, but I still, just in case they don't, I want them to know and your book and whatever else you want to share. So they might not know because I changed my Instagram name to my name, Sarah Jane Case. So if you've like followed Enneagram and Coffee, it's Sarah Jane Case now. Um, but if you haven't, um, come hang out with me at Sarah Jane Case. I would love to meet you and get to know you. And um also, my book is The Honest Enneagram. You can find that anywhere books are sold online or in person. And yeah, that's the, I mean, yeah, all the good things are enneagramandcoffee.com too. And I have a podcast. We podcast five days a week. So you can come hang out with me over there. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Thank you so much. No wonder you're so amazing at this. I didn't know it was a five day a week thing. You're just like so comfortable to talk to. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> all right. See you later. Okay, well, that was really special. It was such a treat and a gift. And to talk to another seven who has had, we're not the same. We've had some similarities in our journey and some differences, like all people of the same type. But it was a true joy to be able to sit with somebody who I knew understood me at the core in a lot of ways. And I, I hope she felt the same. And that was just really cool. So thanks so much for listening. I hope somewhere in there we tapped into a space where you felt understood and heard and you could kind of just say along with us, yes, 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 I felt that with you and me too. And uh, we also just hope that you will enjoy going to Sarah Jane's various accounts at anygramandcoffee.com or Sarah Jane Case on Instagram and finding out what she's up to. I always love to see that. I also want to remind you the Wholehearted Enneagram Conference is going on right now. So you can check out my Instagram or you can visit Wholehearted Enneagram if you want to know more about that conference. And that, that's a free conference that's coming up that I'm a part of and a lot of others like Enneagram Ashton are a part of. And, and of course, Amy Wicks of Wholehearted Enneagram putting this on. So, so appreciate her. She's a social seven and it just oozes out of her that sincerity and sweetness and kindness and idealism uh, to even put something so big together with lots of speakers, Tyler, Zach, Kelly Ammons, the Maxi Company you guys heard on our show here, Jackie Brewster you heard on our show here, Beth McCord who you will be hearing. We have her episode coming up on this show. So that's a fun one coming up too. I hope you guys have such a great week. And that you guys remember to continue to take your time to grieve, take your time to celebrate and to have gratitude, and take your time to plan great things for your life. I love living intentionally with you guys. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.